2: And good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show, driven by your next Ram truck at Mack Hike and Flowwood. MacHikeFlowwood.com. I'm your host, Bo Bounds, 1059 The Zone ESPN. We welcome in our friend and uh well, much more than that, Robert St. John, restaurant tour, among many, many other things in Hattiesburg and Jackson. He's joining us live in the studio you can watch it right now on youtube search out of bounds sports robert st john good morning good to be here i didn't know we were going to be on video i got a face
1: made for radio so just, do i my just, man uh, yeah okay and i can i just came to drop in because i love hanging out in the studio i love what you built here i was just talking about that and it's just a cool place to hang out so i was in town uh i'm, I'm working up at enzo i had breakfast with my brother and i thought i'd pop in See my buddy, and uh, but I'm happy to be on the air.
2: Well, we're glad you're here. I By love what way, you guys do. Robert had breakfast at Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue, which I is did. one of our partners, local B3. Um, I did. Hey, uh, we were talking. We're, you and I are always talking culinary and, and business and so on. Um, you just made, you know, you're always down in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and you just made another trip down there. Right. What was the best meal you had down there?
1: Um, well, we ate at Emerald's. Um, I've been following uh, uh, his son, E.J. Lagasse. I remembered that post. Uh, My son, Harrison, uh, is at culinary school right now. E.J., who's like a year younger than Harrison, he's maybe just now 21, uh, went to Johnson and Wales is where Emerald went and um, worked at Emerald's Coastal there uh, near Sandestin for a year or so and now is really – kind of doing food direction at emeralds and they are set to they they've already done it they've taken that up a level or two you know when when he first he opened about a year after I opened the parrot okay. emerald did I think it was about 88 and uh it was pretty uh, he had come from commander's palace and and it was on a level a little a little more casual and accessible than commanders but you know good I mean good food but They've got they've gone up a couple of levels now. Um, Michelin, you know the yeah. Michelin stars, the rating services. There's there's not. I think there are two cities in Florida, the only cities in the South that have Michelin ratings available. But the word is they're in New Orleans now, and that uh, Michelin ratings will come out in the fall. And so they are. I mean they may be at like a two star level right now. They're oh. certainly one star. What was the best so, thing you had there? Ooh, um, at emeralds and emeralds, uh, there was a foie gras early on that was, it was really good. They, they put out the dog for, it. I think they knew Harrison was coming and right. And, uh, that he's in culinary school. And so we got a, it was a good table by the kitchen and I, I we had about 12 courses. I don't know. It was a bunch and and it was
2: really good. One that you put me on is paladar paladar.
1: Yeah. Paladar paladar is now making a lot of top 10 lists. Um, it's my favorite brunch in all of New Orleans I love paladar uh it's probably my favorite brunch and it's it's in our building where the apartment is and so we just sure we just go right is down it cool? so we ate cool. we actually we ate there um last week just okay. uh before we took them to the airport but I've got you know there's a list if you go to robertstjohn.com if you're going to New Orleans go to robertstjohn.com type in New Orleans in the search bar and you can get my 2022 list of where the best po boys, best breakfast, best lunch, best sandwich. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So, sorry my voice is a little
2: shot. No, so. you're good. You're good. You you put me on a crazy uh restaurant. What is it? El Grado? Yeah. Uh El Gato Negro. Yeah. Golly, Excellent Mexican. Fantastic. I ate there last week. I never too. thought yeah. I would go eat Mexican yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. And when when I was down there for the national championship game, you were like, "You have to go." Yeah, and I went,
1: and it was a home run. Yeah, the steak fajitas there. Yeah, are that's what I got. Me on me fire, man. They're really really good. Okay. There's a there's a place I'm going. I'm going down Thursday night uh, because I want to pick up some king cakes on Friday. Uh, Dong Fong King Cakes, which are the best. Okay. And they're in New Orleans East at this bakery, but there's a place called Adam's Grocery. Somewhere near the river bend, kind of Carrollton and Saint uh, Saint Charles, yeah. And they carry those king. It's hard to get those king cakes. It's where Brighton's is, right? Brighton's, yeah. It's on this, so it would be on the opposite side of Carrollton, okay, from Brighton's. Because my aunt owned Dante by the River, which is where Brighton's is uh, across the street. Yeah, yeah, from Brighton's. Yeah, yeah. That was a great brunch place, yeah, that man. Was. That was really, really. Good. Yeah, I, I've, I've forgotten your aunt owned that. Yeah. That's awesome. It was so cool. As yeah, a kid. I knew you he had, had the there. New Orleans connection. There. Yeah. You know, we're blessed to live uh you know i think new orleans is probably the number two or three restaurant city in the country and really to my taste maybe number one right and you know i, I think sometimes we don't realize you know how blessed we are to be that especially if you're somebody like me in the food business right you know that's that's like mecca for me so <laughs> sure. i go down and just eat around town.
2: I, I want to. You you did a a cool video. Uh, you and your social media team were visiting with Robert St. John on the Out of Bounds show. You can go to robertstjohn.com and and check out his top tens for for New Orleans among other things. Uh, you, you did a, a gumbo hit recently, and your gumbo at Crescent City, and and over at uh, Highball, yeah, is fabulous. Yeah. Um. I don't even remember what year you opened Crescent. City, opened ninety four. Uh, no 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 open 90 1990 i didn't know is that okay yeah T- talk about you, you kind of walk through this is what i like in gumbo yeah. this is my kind of you well,
1: know you can there there are all sorts of you know and it's pretty subjective but i grew up my mom made my mom was a public school art teacher so she worked all the time but there were a couple of things that she cooked that were kind of ever-present in our home and gumbo was one of them and she made really really good gumbo you know, I grew up an hour from the coast. Still right. live an hour from the coast, and um, and so I think the musts with gumbo, in my to my taste, mm-hmm. you gotta have a dark, dark, dark root. Yes, you gotta get to that point until right before it burns. You can't let it. if it burns, you gotta throw it out. Don't don't try to salvage it. But but just before it burns, right, it's got to be that dark. And you, it just takes patience. It's like cooking risotto or something. It's flour and fat, and you go low and slow, low and slow. And um, you got to have okra in your gumbo. Can't have too much tomato product. You know, so much gumbo, almost if you get north of I-10, you know, I'm north of I-10, a lot of times what passes for gumbo is really just kind of vegetable soup or right. seafood, so it really is. You know, I it's very it. loose. Yeah. It's not thick. Yeah. It's, it's light-colored. I love where you're going. It looks like gravy or something. Um, But uh, a lot of seafood and uh, what we use, we use crab bodies. So you can buy from seafood suppliers crab bodies. Like after they pick crab meat, there's still a lot of meat and a lot of flavor. And so we cook a crab stock with those bodies. And and you get this flavorful stock because the key is in the stock. In any soup. I was talking to... um, Actually, uh, I was talking to Derek Emerson last night. Uh, I was eating with him at Kate, and we were t- I was talking about Paul Prudhomme who was a master from, you know the original the, the, the New Orleans guy. He sure. was, was very underrated later in life, and he was still doing great. And I talked to him probably four different times, and every time I talked to him, I said, "Why is I mean, his shrimp Creole, you think I mean, what can you do to shrimp Creole to make it better?" What can you do to a two etouffee to make it better? And if you taste it, it's so much better. And every time I talked to him, it was stock. Stock. And about the fourth time I asked him, I said, what is it? He said, it's stock. He got mad at me. (laughs) It's stock. And I just, you know, and so a rich, hearty stock uh, is key to gumbo. All right. The the roux got to be dark. You got to have stock. You got to have uh, okra, and then whatever seafood. Right you put when in I was watching
2: that. you on the video, and you said dark roux, <coughs> I said that's why I love Crescent City grill Gumbo. And you can you still find the Crescent City Gumbo at Highball? Um, yes. Okay. I believe so yes. All right. Cool. All right, well, congratulations on Enzo, and Blake yeah. and I look forward to having uh, short ribs on risotto yeah, come in the get, next week or two. That short
1: rib, you're going to love it. You guys, it's on me. Y'all come see <laughs> yeah, me. Well, thank
2: you, buddy. Yeah. Robert St. John on the Out of Bounds Show. You can hit robertstjohn.com to get his top ten uh, of New Orleans. Breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner. Back in a second. The Out of Bounds show is brought to you by the Spray and Bedliners and Lift Kits at Rick's Pro Truck and Glugstat. Good morning. Welcome in. NFL playoffs on the table this weekend. What are you doing for game day? What are you pairing food and beverage wise? You got all day Saturday and all day Sunday. I love that. NFL. Okay. Don't forget. Show is also brought to you by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Want to wager a little money? Uh, Wager responsibly, but wager a little money. Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. That's a place where you can watch the games. And uh, they have, look, they have a full bar and food there. And you're right by the table games. It's everything you want right there at the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. It's a place to get together with four, six, eight dudes and uh, have a fun 24 hours. Pop in Philip M's, eat in the bar area. Go to mom and M's. It's the whiskey bar, craft beer bar, all that. But we've got NFL all day Saturday and Sunday, some really good matchups. You know we're gonna get competitive games. It's the NFL. And you don't see near as much lopsided like you do in um, college and, and high school. So I'm excited. And um uh, uh, it's gonna be and the weather is gonna be wild the next few weeks. For some teams, which is always crazy. So we'll we'll see what shakes out. Green Bay is not in it. Green Bay not. In the pl- and New England's not in it. Ha. So these are two teams that have won a lot for the last uh, 30 years. Well, New England the last 20. And Green Bay since far with there, right? in 92-93 from Atlanta. So they are not in it. And then we've got some newcomers. Oh. Uh, that people are keeping an eye on, and I, look, Buffalo is an amazing story, especially with what happened last week, and they're that town. That's all they do is eat, sleep, and breathe football, and so Buffalo is in Blake's Dallas Cowboys. I don't like. I didn't grow up cheering for Dallas. <laughs> but when Dak went to Dallas, I became a Cowboys fan. Dak's coming off his worst game of his NFL career, correct? And Dallas is coming off one of their worst games in the last, you know, several years. Uh, somebody said 2008 yeah. or nine. I yeah. can't remember. It was bad. And, and and that's a long stretch right there. So and they go down to Tampa Bay and play Tom Brady and the postseason goat on Monday night. But you got all day Saturday and Sunday load up with some boar's head load up at corner market grocery store for game day, go get your blue moon, you know, go get your yingling, get your, get your boar's head game day pizza. Or if you're going to hit the road, Ooh. go to the golden moon casino, Sportsbook and lounge with a couple of dudes and have a great time. You can order, you don't have to leave. I mean, if you want to go play blackjack, great. It's 20 feet. So that's kind of a neat deal. Um, but it's right in the middle of, in, of the casino. You can hang out there. So, And then we got college basketball. Uh, and Mississippi State has a winnable game tonight on the road against Georgia. And then State and Ole Miss both have games this weekend along with everybody else in the country, depending on who you're rooting for. Um, the Kentucky Wildcats are in a bad spot. They just lost to South Carolina in an arena called Rupp Arena, which I've been to and many of you have been to, and nobody was there. That is unheard of. Y'all have heard about people getting divorced in the state of Kentucky? And the first thing that they fight over is not their home or their 401K or maybe some land they own. It's their Kentucky basketball season tickets, and that is no joke. Okay? Okay. John Calipari has gone from the toast of the town, and I've been up to Lexington several times the last few years. It's a great food town. Speaking of Robert St. John hanging out with us, Lexington, Kentucky is an amazing, amazing food town. Okay? But, Blake, John Calipari can't lose to South Carolina at home because South Carolina's not any good at basketball. It's a yep. first-year coach. yep, And Kentucky goes and gets all the good players. Yep. Now... It looks like Cal is coaching his way out of any NBA consideration, and now everybody wants to link him to the Texas Longhorns. Now, that's a hell of a job. But here would be the rude awakening for Cal. Cal is the king in Lexington and the state of Kentucky. When you're in the state of Texas, even though Steve Sarkeesian is not a good head coach, you will never be the king of Texas. Because first and foremost, it's the Dallas Cowboys in the state of Texas, period. Yep. Not even close. Okay, It's not the Texas Longhorns. It's not the Aggies. Blake and I have listened to Dallas Sports Talk Radio. You've flown through it. We've hung out there. When I spent three days there for the World Food Championships, it was Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. They did, I didn't even hear any Longhorns or Aggies.
0: No, no one cares. It's Cowboys. So,
2: Steve Sarkeesian will be the man on campus at UT Austin until he's whatever, let go or whatever. And Calipari won't run that Now, maybe... I don't know if John's ego, now that he has been the toast of the town since 08, somewhere in there, when he left Memphis, um, how Calipari could go from literally the guy in the state of Kentucky to about the fourth dude. Because it, it basically goes to Dallas Cowboys, Olin Energy, Texas Longhorns football, Texas A&M football. You could even argue Dallas Mavericks because the NBA's big time. They've got MLB teams, one that just won the World Series, and then no. Texas Longhorns basketball. I don't.
0: I'm actually not sure that Texas baseball is not bigger than Texas basketball with what's gone over over the last five to ten years with yeah. how good they've gotten. Again, my question to you is this: We talk about coach fatigue all the time. I mean, there's got to be something to be said about Calipari's model, yeah, and him yeah. being there and and. It's always okay if you're winning, but he is not a fun guy to be around, I don't think, at different times. I think Calipari very, I am John Calipari, right? Like, yeah. I'm the man. And so that can rub people wrong when you are not producing like the man.
2: So you got to be very careful on this. You know, if you're Mitch Barnhart, it's, it's been a great run. He's won a title. He's also hit a couple of Final Fours outside of that, and he has won an extraordinary amount of games.
0: But when was the last time you... Could even see empty seats at a home conference game in Rupp Arena. Right, and
2: <laughs> now a lot of that was leaving once the game started to unfold. Um, but I get what you're saying. The
0: picture from 30 minutes before the game, there may be 700 people there. Okay, uh, and that's from Big Blue Nation. Like that's from one of their Twitter accounts, not well, Kentucky account. But then a, you
2: make a you know, I, I think I still believe it's the last thing Mitch Barnhart wants to do. Correct, but this will be interesting to see how the, where this trends, Blake, going into March.
0: I love this from a Tennessee— Because the league's not as good. Correct.
2: It, now, don't get me wrong. Auburn and Tennessee—I mean, Bama and Tennessee.
0: Amazing. Woo! Amazing.
2: And there are some nice—there's te- a drop. There are some nice teams in that second tier, and we'll see what Pearl does with Auburn over the next six weeks. But the bottom line is the fact that Kentucky's not in Tier 1 they, or Tier
0: 2— They pay for Tier 1 and nothing less. Period end of discussion.
2: And it was a good time to be good, Blake. Correct. When Shashesky Roy Williams and Jay Wright all yeah. go to the house in the last 2 years, it was almost like, hey, the opening is there for these these emperors of college basketball. Roy Williams stepped down 2 years ago. Shyleski and Jay Wright uh last year, boy it's just me and Bill Self. Let's
0: go get it. It's kind of like being in the SEC West recently. The last two years, yeah. it's been a good time to be good because not everybody's been great. True. Thought this tweet from a Tennessee fan was so great. Um, remember when Cal Perry and Bob, uh, not Bob Cal Perry and Mark Stoops were arguing about whether they were a basketball school or a football school? <laughs> Tennessee fan says, "I guess they're just nothing school." Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do that. You can't have empty seats at Rupp Arena no, you can't. for a conference game. You're exactly right.
2: It's, it's like uh, Bryant-Denny. You can't have empty seats. I mean, you can't in the super upper deck, but you know what I mean. 90% of the stadium. It's a good point. Uh, the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone. ESPN. We're streaming live on TheZone1059.com. And we are going to have Fred Smoot on this week. Because we need, we need some smooth. Plus, he's got to give me a hard time for Dak playing so poorly in the Cowboys and his Washington C- Commanders beating the Cowboys. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Superior Foundation. morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. It's a little quiet in Oxford. Not in Starbucks, though. I, you know, that's what happened. You had the tragic event from last month, which you already had an athletic director position open. Then you had a head coaching position open, which then meant you had assistant coaching positions open. So you've just had a lot more going on. That's an understatement. Um. Did I think that we would wake up on January, whatever today is, 11th, and Mike Leach wouldn't be the head football coach at Mississippi State? Hell no. Um, especially coming off the super successful season. that he, you know, he, did, he did what he needed to do, what we talked about last year. Um, he had Bama in Georgia, so he, he was only playing with 10 games. He won eight of those 10, and he won on the road at, in Oxford against Ole Miss as an underdog. And who knew that that would be his last game? Nobody that I know of. And, and then, then all of a sudden with him passing away, you have Zach Arnett as your head coach. Um, the administration felt like with NIL and roster being poached, you couldn't, you couldn't wait and not having an AD and that wasn't their fault. You, you couldn't wait. And then boom, Zach Arnett is your new head coach. Then you go to a bowl game, then you win it in kind of dramatic fashion. Um, and every all signs were you know you probably should have lost that game, and you did a little bit you did I think you held the recruiting class, which everybody and their brothers trying to poach, not not everybody I mean I don't mean like Bama and Georgia but you had some really good players you know Chris Parson Isaac Smith among others, and now. You're your on pins and needles. I don't blame you for an offensive coordinator hire, which I think is exciting. I mean, Zach Arnett has never been a head coach, and there it'll obviously be a challenge for him. He will run the defensive side of the football. What is what is the offense going to look like? And you would think it will come down today, tomorrow type deal, and and then they'll be off and running. It doesn't matter if it's today or tomorrow, by the way. um. Whenever he's he's hired, uh, yeah, I don't I
0: don't know how much
2: you're going to do in the portal, but
0: uh, can I ask you a question that we haven't asked yet, but that I think is a very important question for Mississippi State? Sure. Does who you hire as OC dictate whether or not you attack the portal for a quarterback?
2: It absolutely could. I still think it's a. I still think it's Will Rogers in twenty. 23 I'm still getting that mixed up but uh could be or who you hire may dictate how many packages you put together for Chris Parson as far as uh short short yardage red zone things stuff like that mm. um I think you got to play him in 2023 to oh. get him ready for 2024
0: oh. so burn the red shirt
2: uh, you got four games to work with. That's a lot of ball. So I don't I don't know about okay. that off the top of my head. But um I, I think you need to get his feet wet and you need uh you've got a great chance to blow out a couple of teams and you want to get him reps.
0: Agree with that. Something Mike Leach never did in the history of his coaching tenure nah, through he, 22 seasons or whatever it he was. He
2: didn't really he did for you know Leach did amazing things but that wasn't something that he was interested in. Yeah, and uh, for whatever reason, it, it worked out for him. He won it yeah. three places. Yeah, and it, I, I didn't really think about it till he passed away. But it, like a fifty-nine point six percent clip of winning percentages—damn near remarkable.
0: Yeah. So, especially when you consider the three places he played are like under five hundred winners for their ten, ten teams' histories. Oh. Don't yeah. Speaking of winners, you asked Steve Dace earlier when we had him on Michigan Insider, and boy, people got salty about that interview, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I like that. You asked him if Michigan could be a national champion winner in the state of college football. He said yes. I didn't really get to ask you your response because I, you know, you all were in the interview. But do you think they're a national championship team? I don't. So that means there's one in the Big Ten. Agree. Okay. It's Ohio State.
2: And I... Yes.
0: Okay.
2: It's not Penn State. Nope. It's not Michigan. Wisconsin. And... uh On Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's Ohio State. I agree. So... But I think Michigan could live in the college football playoff with an expanded 12-team, and that can be fun for your fan base. And can play spoiler at times. And,
0: yeah. and if you're in the 12-team playoff and you're at least recruiting in the top 15 which Michigan has for the most part, then you, you I guess I'd say never say never because things could break your way, right? But, at this point, it seems it seems improbable that Michigan would make that run. It does. And that's why I think the Jim Harbaugh information is, is very interesting. When Steve came on and said 60-40 in favor of Michigan, I don't know what the upside is for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, I know he can get paid, but he can get paid anywhere. Yeah, but I don't know how many options he has. I and I understand that too. But you only need one. It's the Stetson Bennett argument. Oh, you only need one person to take a flyer on you. I kind of agree with what Dave said. I don't think
2: the NFL is as enamored with Jim Harbaugh as Jim Harbaugh is with the NFL.
0: I can see that too.
2: So, but they also hired Lovey Smith
0: for I, a second time. I don't
2: really care. I mean, I agree, but that that's the text. Nathaniel
0: Hackett. We but, see guys but, like but that. But
2: still, he was an OC yeah. under a quarterback and head coach, already in the uh, – Jim's just been out for so
0: long. And I definitely understand I that. I don't
2: think he's going to get an offer, but I may be wrong. Interesting. I I, I don't – I think there's so many guys, the San Francisco 49ers, D.C., Sean Payton's on the sideline. Um, Who,
0: by the way, is the favorite to go to? Arizona. Oh. No. Betting favorite. Sean Payton, plus 300, 350 to go to Arizona. Okay.
2: Okay. Sean with
0: with Kyler Murray. Coming off an ACL tear. Which I think he should be fine. But he fits into that category of 5'11", little undersized, not as thick as some of these other guys. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. But he's also insanely mobile. No doubt. And he is...
2: Pretty damn well-built from the hips down. Yeah. But it is an interesting guy. By the way, for our listeners, we were talking about Trent Dilfer. We need to go over that again. We got different listenership. Trent Dilfer, in the book QB by Bruce Feldman, studied NFL quarterbacks that were drafted from 1983 to like 2015 and really came to the conclusion, for the most part, there may be one or two unicorns out there like Drew Brees but that you need to be pork, pork chop, country thick, right? You need to be built like Elway, yeah. like Manning, like Favre, like Dak, like Eli, like, you know, Mahomes, guys. And he, he even goes into a deep dive on the book. I know this sounds crazy. We're getting real nerded out, but like hips, he wants a big trunk, yeah, all that because of the licks and the hits that you have to, take. And what we were talking about was the fact that Stetson Bennett, the fourth, he Trent Dilfer has Stetson Bennett as a fifth round pick. And the host of the show asked Trent Dilfer to, to profile Stetson Bennett. He said, he's Chase Daniel. Mm. Then Trent Dilfer got into Bryce young. And he said, my only hiccup with Bryce young is he's small in stature. He's just, he is. So yeah. he 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 looks like Drew Brees. He doesn't look like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is a big, strong, thick kid. So is Patrick Mahomes. And that that's where Dilfer was going in the book QB by Feldman. It's really an unbelievable chapter. He took from Marino and Elway draft all the way to about 2015 mm-hmm. and ran the numbers on NFL QBs that worked in the league and for the most part, it's a it's a you need to be built like a lumberjack.
0: Yeah. No, I like it. And we were talking about, you know, stats in the NFL, what it looks like today. The lowest paid backup quarterback in the NFL is Shane Bouchel, who's the third stringer at Kansas City. He makes six hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. Gardner oh, okay. Minshew makes six seventy seven a year. Right. No, now.
2: Gardner, I looked at Gardner's earlier. He's over a million dollars. Well,
0: this is base it's your average oh, okay. annual salary on your first okay. on the, on whatever contract you're on. So he's at six seventy seven. Um the highest paid backups are former like first rounders, but even like a guy like Case Keenum is making six million. As a backup yeah. in Buffalo, six million. So we talked about what Stetson Bidding. Look, this is the same thing, guys like this is the new norm in the NFL. You can be a backup for life, never play. And come out generationally set. Yeah. Generationally set.
2: Yeah, and Gardner's making over a million bucks with the Eagles. And and who? what will he get paid this year, roughly, now that he'll he'll be on the market? To either be a number two, challenge for a number one, whatever.
0: Uh, probably, a, I mean, a couple million a year is, is what I would think is yeah. kind of the average for a generic backup. Yeah. That's, it, it's... It's an interesting world because if I'm... My first thought if I'm Stetson Bennett is like, sure, you go to the NFL just to see, right? Because you'll never have another chance. But also, it's like, do you want to grind if you're a guy like that? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to grind or do you want to like go be the mayor of Athens? Uh, the lifestyle is pretty dang good when you don't have to do much as a two-time national champion.
2: Oh, man. I, I think you'd want to spend try to spend six to eight years in the nfl as a backup chase daniel may have had the best job in sports yeah uh the last the last 10 to 50 you know he's 36 years old i didn't realize that until i looked him up
0: this year and he's still on the chargers roster yeah holy smoke no he's he's doing well for himself he's doing very well for himself not as well as lane kiffin and his nine million dollar contract but he's doing all right yeah out of bounds espn 105.9 the
2: zone uh, again, brought to you by Superior, Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. Superior Foundation. Um, this thing, I, I'm looking at text, and there is a lot of anticipation for this offensive coordinator that Zach Arnett's going to pick. And, you know, he, he even knows he's got to nail it to, to
0: make it work in in Starbill. Blake, that's a tough deal. Or do you think you're going to be able to definitively say one way or the other based on who he hires, whether or not he can be successful? No, that's a good question. Because that's what people want, right? We want to know, oh, who will or he won't win. Um,
2: Probably none of us can. I'm going to lean on bar two for the metrics.
0: Which is a, a smart place to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody
2: else knows. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... We weren't even, like, um, grading on-the-field coaches.
0: No. How many people could name I mean, an there offensive? There are
2: a lot of guys that have gone through Ole Miss and Mississippi State that the fan, th- fan base thinks are good coaches that are. That are not, correct. And there's some of them that they don't think. Like Phil Longo. Phil Longo is an excellent offensive coach. Yep. But if you talk to the Ole Miss fan who's sitting in the in the crowd, drinking a beer, and eating nachos, he doesn't think Longo's good. He Long, only goes Longo's, Longo's track record is all the way back to Sam Houston State, yes. is really, really good. Yes, and so, uh, but we do that with our with our coaches here. So you know,
0: well, I, and I think every fan base gets attached or unattached to a coach, kind of depending on what they see. But I guess my question would be, somebody made the point. And by the
2: way, it wasn't Longo's fault that McGriff was his DC.
0: Yes, and that he had to go through a couple different QBs as they juggled around and all that kind and of that stuff. And that Hugh Freeze yeah. got fired. Correct. So
2: those, those things weren't things that... W- Wesley McGriff as his defensive coordinator and Hugh Freeze getting fired were not things that had anything to do with Phil Longo.
0: Correct. There's no doubt about that. we don't like to that. piece all that together. Well, that's not as much fun as I just saying. It, that guy it. stinks. Um, let me ask it like this. Somebody brought up the point that the last offensive coordinator to not be the head coach was Woody McCorvey, and that's why state fans are so nervous. Those are not. I, that's an incredible correlation or stretch, but it does bring up a good point. Mullen was the OC. Moorhead was the OC. Mike Leach was the OC. This is the first kind of independent offensive hire God, at play point. caller that you've ever that you've made in in almost twenty years. Wow. So it is a huge hire, and it's it's something state fans haven't. You know, we thought maybe we would get a coaching search, but we didn't. We got our net promoted, and so now this is the coaching search that kind of state fans thought they might get.
2: That's true. So, yeah, this will be your first non-head coach as an op- slash offensive coordinator since, What? although that it was Sylvester Croom's offense, but whatever, since Woody McCorvey was OC. Yeah, Mullen called the plays, Moorhead called the plays, Leach called the plays. And maybe this isn't fair. And two of the three were great. Were on, un- yeah. like, they changed your program. Ole Miss had always played, not always, but a, a chunk of the time had played offense and, and pretty damn well. And the one thing that you had never done was played any kind of modern, you know, modernized offensive football. And so with that, Mullen did his thing. Uh, Moorhead dropped down. He was just lucky to have Fitzgerald the first year. And then Leach did an amazing job considering he he threw out – he had to eventually land on a kid in year one who was a true freshman and is a, you know, probably borderline power five Mm -hmm. player. But in a very customized, specific offense can uh, be a producer because Leach is so damn brilliant and a little mad genius, you know, in between those headsets. That's a good point. This will be the first head coach – Your first offensive coordinator, that's not your head coach in some time. So my question... And Jackie Sherrill was not an offensive guy. He won um, ground
0: and pound and unbelievable (laughs) defense. Smoots Smoots told us, if we just had a quarterback, we'd be national champions. Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, My question to you is this. is Is it unfair to Arnett, or is it astute observation to say, if you're Mississippi State, you probably need an offensive head coach? To be successful in the long term, look at the best era in Mississippi State history. It's three offensive head coaches. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say oh he can't do it, but boy, it seems like if you don't have innovation offensively at State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Arkansas, you have no chance to even be eight and four, let alone the occasional. Crazy 9-10 win season.
2: Cheryl and Tuberville are, are outliers there, but I see where you're Different going.
0: Different era of football, too.
2: Um, but I think Arnett is, understands that with what he's doing, bringing in a guy. Yeah. like He won't be hiring a...
0: Um, Belama offense.
2: Well, yes, basically.
0: I-formation, kind of be more pounded. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do you think the longer this goes... <laughs> I
2: formation I love that.
0: Do you think the longer this goes, the more state fans lose faith in Zach Arnett? Fair or not, do you believe that uh, will happen?
2: Okay. I don't. I, I think it's just the uh vocal minority. And, like everybody that I run into is just so excited. Like yeah. Zach really did a good job early on um really connecting with the fan base.
0: Well, and what did you mention earlier when I was talking about play callers? You said, Well, Mike Leach only averaged twenty two points a game or whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> When you're at state if you're the defensive coordinator you can be very popular because state fans think that's the only way they win games yeah so it's not surprising to me that Mississippi State fans are embracing a defensive head coach deep down it's what most of them want
2: I don't think that's right I think they are embrace because Zach's young and has a personality that lends itself to what people are looking for today whereas Mike was you know sixty and kind of on another In another space, Mm -hmm. Zach would work all the way through the left field lounge and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think the mentality is totally there of a 1987 mentality. Um, And, and, you know, Arnett is, is young and um, aggressive. And those are things that appeal to the fan base.
0: That is very true. Keeping together the signing class had to make State fans feel a little good. Well, and not only that, but keeping the quarterback. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the number one piece. And he's a defensive coach. Look, we just saw, uh, just to break that out too, Sawyer Robertson committed to Baylor. What do you think? Uh, I think Baylor was in a position of they didn't keep their quarterback. I agree. And that was a case. Look, could Sawyer be amazing in the Big 12? Absolutely. There's a yeah. reason he was the highest rated recruit Mississippi State had ever signed at the quarterback position. It didn't work out for him here for whatever reason, whether it's Michael H., whatever. But it's an example of if you're Baylor-level, which State and Ole Miss can be Baylor-level schools, I, I know they've got an easier path in the Big 12, but you're always going to have to do things like this. Go get a kid who, when when things don't go south, or when things don't go right for you, you're able to go get somebody who at least gives you an opportunity to be Oh, man, that's a good for Baylor. I think it's a great, and I think Sawyer Robertson can play in the Big 12. Yeah. So I think it's a great I can't pickup. wait to see what happens with him, just well, you like get, Luke Altmyer at, at Illinois. Illinois. I know that's kind of the cool part about the portal is we'll get to see kids who in previous years would have just disappeared. You mm-hmm. actually get to see them play. Yeah, that's Luke, part of the
2: positive. Luke Altmyer at Illinois, Sawyer Robertson at Baylor. It'll be fun. It was fun to see Garrett Schrader do well at Syracuse. Yeah. So, and boy, Mississippi State would love to have a more you know. He was just a true
0: freshman when he got thrown into to the Wolves by, by Moorhead. In a bad offense, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah because I mean, Tommy Stevens got hurt.
0: It wasn't like he was uh, running Kendall Browse or Lane Kiffin's offense and got thrown to the Wolves. He was no. running an, in, uh, an offense that couldn't run with Dan Marino. <laughs> like, Moorhead was running more of what Jimbo runs. <laughs> Which is into the ground?
2: Well, just sluggish <laughs> and slow and, and not real sure what you wanted to do. It's Petrino like
0: season in A&M, baby. Hey, that's a good hire. I don't, I don't know season. if it'll work, but that is a good hire. By the SEC West Shimba. is getting better. There were there was about a two year window of it's not great. It it's gotten infinitely better since the end of the season to now. Yeah, Brian Kelly, I think I think Alabama's making changes too. You got to right play calling. You got to. I think I think they're going to move off Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien. If you bring I think Bill
2: O'Brien b- finds a spot in the NFL. If
0: you bring Bill O'Brien back next year, I'll go ahead and say it. They won't come close to beating Georgia. Period. Into discussion. I think you are right because they're losing a great quarterback, and they couldn't they couldn't even get there this year with a great quarterback. Yeah.
2: And Ty Simpson and whoever, yeah, they they look good on paper, but we still don't know. And, and we- Bri- Bryce is their best quarterback ever. And Correct. He, and he'll leave without a. It's weird. He'll leave without a national championship. He didn't play as a freshman because of Mac Jones.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Bryce Young will leave Tuscaloosa without a national championship. Which means the fan base he's won't. He's the best passer, yeah. passing quarterback they've ever had. Blake. But the fan base won't love him that way because
0: you know, he didn't win a title.
2: Mac was good and Tua were good. Um, and, and A.J. McCarron and, and Greg McElroy were, were much like Stetson Bennett. Really good game managers, you know.
0: You just called Stetson Greg McElroy.
2: Um, well, okay, he's more AJ McCarron. He, he, Stetson's more AJ McCarron. I, I agree with Trent Dilfer when he said he's Chase Daniel, but but I think Stetson Bennett was the ultimate game manager, and and credit to him, he's going to make millions of dollars doing something. Yep. Whether, like you said, it's the NFL or being the governor of Georgia later on down the line, or or you know again. Uh, Raymond James, Edward Jones, USB, whatever you want to do. Hey, good show today. Uh, Steve Dace got some SEC football fans revved up. Michigan insider Steve Dace. Hit that on Apple Podcasts. Search the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Robert St. John taught gumbo, which I loved. And he made some great, great points on what makes gumbo Amazing. Uh, Hit Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. For Blake Scott, I'm your host, Bo Bounds.